So what I learned is that you're highbrow. Yes. And the rest of your family is lowbrow. <laughs> They're knuckle dragon. <laughs> I love my wife. Welcome back. Episode three of Reel It In. I'm joined today by my illustrious co-host to my left. Uh, Andrew Cooper. I have straight across from me. Ben. And to my right. Will Smith. And I am Anthony Rodriguez. All right, guys, let's just let's just dive right into the deep end right here. Jump in. We'll just jump I'm in. Jump in. Hands free. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. What have you been watching lately, Andrew? Uh, whew, so much. Uh, I watched two animes. Um, Nasca nerd. of Valley <laughs> of the Wind. <laughs> We're not that nerdy here. Uh, <laughs> in subs, we not only watch dubs. American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is an American nerd <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, so Nasca Valley of the Wind, which was Miyazaki's first movie from Studio Ghibli, um, Ghibli, uh, and then. And is it Ghibli or Ghibli? I don't know. It's I'm going to say I said both of them, so that way I got. I thought know. it was Ghibli. I like, like to call it giblets. Giblets. Well, giblets. Yes. Studio giblets. Studio giblets. Someone, yeah. someone is in their car right now yelling uh, at us. Yeah. My my half Japanese friend says it's Ghibli. Ghibli. So. Oh, Ghibli. well then we'll so, go. That's we'll go, right. We'll go he with that. Introduced me to ramen, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. like actual ramen, not yeah. ramen, not noodles. top ramen. Okay, I love top ramen. Shout uh, out to Dan Dan McCall. Nice. <laughs> Good name. Yeah, he's a name. strong name. Uh, yeah, so his first movie, it was it's pretty good. Uh, definitely not his best. Do um, you have have you how many of his have you seen? Have you seen like I was. I've seen Neighbor, all of them except for Porco Rosso. Okay. So uh, my favorite is always Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. I the fantasy element of it and the characters and he shoots a freaking dude's head off with a bow and that's just incredible so uh <laughs> 10 out of 10 yeah. we'll watch like, again literally it's it's like a you know a seven and then that happens yeah. and i'm like yeah, yes. 10 out of 10 like it's just incredible I we, love that movie. we've talked about it before but it, godzilla as soon as godzilla yeah. spits yeah. fire down the monster's the throat, throat rips the movie off, the movie and... went from like an eight to yeah. a ten and that's literally instantly. the last thing that happens in the movie yeah so, so just sealed uh, and then his so studio ghibli's next movie not miyazaki's uh was grave of the fireflies which i watched which is incredibly depressing uh um, which oh, is yeah. based off of the <laughs> fire raids in <laughs> japan from the u.s uh and right it's after doing, world war ii or during world during world war ii, war II. Yeah. Yeah. hiroshima uh, uh be- before hiroshima oh okay uh hiroshima. so it's the the uh, <clears throat> attacks that the americans did where they would just drop like fire bombs on Japanese villages and villages and cities because Japanese housing is made out of primarily paper and wood, so it just all caught on fire and all burned to the ground. Yeah, it's a it's super depressing, super depressing. And you know, you get those depressing movies where it's like it's depressing, and then there's a little bit of hope at the end. This one doesn't. No, no, there's it no literally hope. There's just, no hope. it goes down, down, down. I think the hope at the end is that. They're two the two main characters' spirits as they're looking over uh, modern day Koba. I think it's just the the effect of even though they went through war and everything that they were able to rebuild and it's a prospering city now. So mm-hmm. it's like it does have that sense of hope there. <laughs> just minor glimmer of hope. Yeah, not from the movie itself. That, though. that uh, no, it is gut wrenching and yeah, just yeah. bad. 
Yeah, so if you're having a good day, go watch. Go yeah. watch Grave of the Fireflies. If you want it to be lower. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, hey, t- today's too good. <laughs> I, gotta, I need a, I need I, to pull it back. I need a good cry yeah. right now. Yeah, uh, those, so those were the two movies that I watched. Right Nazca is definitely more of a hopeful movie yeah, and absolutely. lighthearted. All right, what about you, Ben? What have you been okay, watching, buddy? Um, latest episode of The Twilight Zone, which I'm not going to get into because we should watch it Tuesday and then maybe talk about it next week. Okay, absolutely. Weekend. Um, it's pretty good, though. Okay, that's awesome. And then last night, I watched uh, Happy Death Day to You, the sequel to Happy Death Day, which was pretty good. So I haven't seen those two yet, and they're right up my alley. Those are the type of movies I absolutely, like horror-style movies that I absolutely get that little bit of that campy feel to them where they don't really take themselves too seriously, but they're still fairly entertaining. And was uh, a hidden gem. I saw the first one with Kevin a while back, and... I was just like, eh, I'll just watch it because it looks dumb fun. But it was actually pretty good. Yeah. And the second one continues that trajectory. If you have not seen the first one, do not watch the trailer for the second one because it gives away the big who it is at the end. Yep. So, yeah. Other than that, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. I need it. Those are ones I want to watch back to back. Like, I'm super excited to get on those. And the main actor, she was really good at conveying emotions and you kind of enjoyed her character all throughout the movies yeah well this one also seems like it's a good movie like sometimes i like the ones that are really like um really just they they get dumber and dumber yeah. as the horror sequel like i'm on. a big yeah. jennifer body jennifer's body oh, fan okay that's that's not like a, a dumber as the sequels go on <laughs> yeah, yeah that one i was, one, I was thinking more like saw or something like that oh yeah i like saw. the sequels saw get thing. progressively worse mm-hmm. while the first one was fantastic this one it's a the second one is about the same as the first one. Oh, quali- that's, quality that's awesome. Yeah. Those, are, those are always nice, like the surprise ones it, that you didn't expect. It ups the world. Okay. Uh, expands on the lore. Expands on the lore, yeah. Like uh, John Wick 2. John Wick 2. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like that. Like so it, it takes what it set out before and it says, okay, what does this look on a larger schedule? Yep. Enjoy this brother telepathy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just yeah. look at each other exactly no. Well, the you other know, one, you know, it's a point, conundrum. I point my hands like a gun, and he's like, "Oh, John, hey, John Wick too." Uh, explaining to a uh, a lady why men like Jennifer's body. <laughs> That's uh, they just she. I had someone ask me straight up, like, "Why do guys like this movie?" And no because matter it's a how dumb much, movie, how much I explained, she did not understand it. until <laughs> I until I compared it to chocolate, and then she understood. So I <laughs> I always I always give like, this is it delicious. Yeah. Oh, well, when you want to, you want to add, you know, when you have. Chocolate. I always compare Jennifer's body to. Um, I always give a caveat. I mm-hmm. go, if the director's intention of the movie was to be a satire on teen horror, the movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. If his intention was to make a good horror movie, the movie is awful. Huh. It's really terribly mm-hmm. bad. Like it's it's. And Happy Death Day is definitely it's it's supposed to be funny. Yes, it's, it's Groundhog's Day, but in a horror theme. Yeah. That's the other one I wanted to see was the Truth or Dare, but that looks really bad. That, and I'm excited. That to was watch dumb. It. That that oh, was, it's dumb, dumb. Yeah, it was dumb, 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 dumb. Yeah, dumb, 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 dumb. I've seen it. And it Wasn't was, there like was, an escape room movie? Yeah, that was yeah. passable. Oh, you watched it? Yeah, yeah. Ben watches most of the horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he was okay. he was watching it while we were playing D and D. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw like a third of it in bits and pieces it, when during the downtime. The reflection in yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's exactly. like Saw, but on a very lower intellectual level, which mm. is funny because it's an escape room all about mm. intelligence. Yeah, but it 
just didn't you know there's writers it didn't, in there they're like that's such a good idea <laughs> it like, didn't it didn't nail what yeah. made saw so good at the yes. end yeah mm. saw was a big twist at the end what about you will what you been watching buddy well, I took a deep delve into Cobra Kai. Never die! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, last week, I kind of dogged on it a little bit. Yeah. Said it was it was watchable, and the truth is, I love it. Is it I really good? So you much. like it? It's uh, it is really good. Even though the things I said, uh, the acting is like passable. The writing, um, at least the dialogue, isn't great, but. What they do with the story is actually pretty creative, and it's pretty good because you know the '80s, you have a pretty binary approach to like good guy, bad guy, and you know Danny Danny Larusso is the protagonist, and Johnny Lawrence is, you know the the bully who you know is just typical mean person. But this actually focuses more on Johnny Lawrence and kind of why he is the way he is, yeah. and how he's finally at you know in his 40s going you know maybe no mercy's not such a great yeah exactly thing but you you have this not only just like the two characters posed against each other but their own philosophies shown in cobra kai versus miyagi do karate and they both have their own philosophies where cobra kai is like strike first strike hard no mercy uh miyagi do's like defense only you know that is the only thing for balance in life and everything and the way it plays out is you see uh, different instances where both of them are useful and both of them have their weaknesses. And uh, I think the first thing I noticed that was really interesting is they took uh, a kid that is basically the prototype of Danny LaRusso, where he is the son of a single mother, but now he's um, being trained by Cobra Kai and seeing kind of how it gave him assertiveness, it gave him kind of confidence and he didn't really use it to terrorize people initially. He was using it to stick up for people. Yeah. And um, and then there's other twists that happen between the relationship between uh, uh, Danny and Johnny Lawrence. And so overall, they did a pretty excellent job at making it intriguing and not just a cookie cutter. Do, do you think someone who has never dived deep into Karate Kid or watched it once when it came out would get that much out of this series or do you think this is like you've seen all the karate kids you loved them or enjoyed them and this is definitely just expands more upon it 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 would be hard unless you really like like cheesy 80s martial arts okay all right if you like because they still do a lot of fight scenes which is just fun and they're you know unrealistic the sound effects are definitely present yeah but it's it's really entertaining Awesome. And, uh, I always enjoy just like kind of philosophical seeing how these different ideas play out in people's lives. And yeah, that's great. So I actually been watching. So I finally we finished Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first off, uh, I remember not too long ago, I think you were at the table when we were talking about Parks and Rec versus The Office over at Lance's. And yeah. uh, I said, I was like, I like Parks and Rec, but that last season, I hated it. I couldn't stand it because more season often, I, yeah. The, the final season, because more often than not, when people talk about Parks and Rec, they actually say the first two seasons aren't the greatest, mm-hmm. but I liked the first two seasons, especially mm-hmm. after watching it the first time through, you know where the characters are going. Mm-hmm. And the second time watching the uh, the final season, I completely flipped. I loved the final season. It's, I definitely I think, changed how I thought about things. I think it's the time jump. It yes. Throws, it throws people off. Um, I'm always annoyed when... Yeah. Also, happens. the majority of the first part of the the season is um, 
Leslie and Ron not liking each other. Yes. And that's one of the best character interactions that you get. There mm-hmm. is literally a line drawn where um, Ron and Aziz Ansari's character and um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, they are all with Ron, but then still Chris Pratt and Audrey Plaza and Leslie and obviously her husband are on the other side. And there's mm-hmm. this, like, there's still small connections yeah. between them, but there is a real line dividing them. And I didn't like that the first time I watched it. Hmm. So that was probably my biggest gripe. But this, this second time around, I was all about it. I'm so sad that that show is over and I was left That last that episode deep- is pretty... Yeah, I was left with a deep emptiness inside. To the point, like, I almost tried to talk my wife into just starting (laughs) it over again. But that actually... roll it from the beginning. (laughs) That actually rolls into, we were trying to find another show to... So we we threw out Friends. My wife loves Friends. I mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. I think we've watched that probably uh, two or three times. It's a legitimately times through. funny show. Yeah. I it's I've I did not know like when I, I remember watching Friends growing up, it was on TV and everything like. I didn't know it had as much um, vitriol or split amongst people. Like yeah. when you say Friends, you very do rarely it. do you get people to go. Eh. You people who go like I love that show or people like that show is awful i yeah. hate friends i was like wow wow i had no idea that people i'm on felt the mass spectrum really oh, that's they're, they're, they're a rare breed there there are some funny moments but i i've never really enjoyed those comedies where with a laugh track like big bang theory yeah big bang theory okay. friends like i like the more intellectual like the office or parks and rec those kind of comedies hmm. bazinga i actually watched mm-hmm. friends while it was airing like yes yeah, like you know religiously and I like I used I just, to watch. A I imagine Will and Walter like with a yeah. Jennifer Aniston poster and candles. I didn't have a lot to do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, just watch. He had the TV guide. Yeah, yeah. He had the There's TV guide. He had oh, friends sorry, circle sorry. for no, every time. No, but you were saying. But I I watched like a lot of sitcoms and yes. Um, I like looking back, I can appreciate kind of the '90s feel of everything. Yeah, totally and, agree. Uh, but overall, like I can't stand like sitcoms with easy jokes like, it, like okay. it's not very smart and it's just kind of the same thing over and over again okay. um you can kind of like the characters you know everybody liked chandler because he was the witty one but mm-hmm. it's like everyone's such an easy stereotype to like pinpoint. yeah i was a joey, yes. joey fan yeah joey. The, no, silly dumb joey. guy i always well, liked i thought that that was a thing that they did is that uh with the characters is that more often than not people loved Joey, Phoebe, Phoebe, and Chandler. Did anybody ever like Ross? No, no one likes Ross. No one likes Rachel. Until he was in Band of Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Dave even remember No, he's... In in people hate him in Band of Brothers. Yeah, but he was an amazing... No, actor. he's fun yeah. in that show. Yeah, that, that actually proved that he was a legitimate yeah, he's actor. Yeah. So there's actually a, a movie that he's in. I can't remember the top of my head, but he, he's in it with... Um, the actor who plays Ronald Weasley in... Uh, Rupert Grint. Um, who plays Ronald Weasley in Harry Potter, where the premise of it is that um, Rupert Grint's like a down-on-his-luck British guy who has to turn to the world of crime and then cuts, gets caught up in it with um, David... Schwimmer? No, Who played Ross um, gets in it too. And like they things happen... It's a person. Uh, but the, one of the things that stuck with me with the movie is that the entire time... 
uh, David Schwimmer is like repeating facts. He's super intelligent. He's doing all this stuff. And you come to find out he has this disease that is debilitating, that is slowly eating away his brain and his memory, that he left his wife and child because they couldn't take it anymore. And that his therapist told him that the, the way that he can prolong him losing his memory and everything going away is by saying those facts and learning and constantly keep like his brain as a muscle. Like if he, if he sits there and he lets it atrophy, it will go away. So that's the reason why his character is semi off putting at moments in the way that he has this certain, like certain way that he acts that people are like, why are you this way? And then you come to find out that that's the reason why is he's just so afraid to not remember. And he misses his wife and daughter so much that he's afraid that that's what will go. So that's why he's constantly saying these, just like these stupid, like, did you know 34.2% of people, like he's just naming these things and people are like, why don't you just shut up? But I just remember the, the thing he about, was a good actor in that. You know, David Schwimmer though, is he's forever going to be Ross. Yes. In yep. different situations. Yeah. It's like, All those, oh, that's Ross I, I feel as like, a band of brothers I feel like general. No matter how much Nicole Anderson is, she's still always... Jennifer be, Anderson? Did I say Nicole Anderson? You did. I don't, I don't even know. You're on fire, man. I, yeah. I feel like Jennifer Aniston really proved herself later. I think she's the only yeah. one who's broken from it. Yeah. yeah. To the point that even uh, Matthew Lawrence, the guy who plays Joey, even had a show called Joey that's, for a little uh, while. Matt LeBlanc? Matt, Matt LeBlanc, Matt that's LeBlanc. what I meant. And then, yeah, yeah, he was in Lost in Space. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he he was in a baseball movie. movie with a monkey, I think, or a chimp. The, where the chimp was uh, throwing pitches. <laughs> <laughs> that just so, sounds like that. that, that sounds kinda, like a late '90s, early 2000s yeah, movie. That's right pretty much Airbud's career in, that's, yeah, in my eyes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. But anyways, back on track. <laughs> finishing finish finish Parks and Rec. Leading into it, uh, the one that was the front runner was Curb Your Enthusiasm because my okay. wife and I love yeah, Seinfeld yeah. so much, and we haven't watched that yet. Larry um, David, right? Uh, yes, Larry yeah, David. Yeah. And I heard it's, it's like an adult version of Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. um, but actually, we fell down on Gravity Falls, which uh, is an animated show yeah. that... Alex Hirsch. Yeah, Alex Hirsch. It's wonderful. It is so good. Um, so my daughter at night will have family watching time. So at that time, my daughter will get her tablet and she can watch a couple of her shows. Mm -hmm. um, she turned her tablet off and she started watching the show with us. She That's was awesome. so so. This has turned into now a family viewing event. That's really cool. Um, which then goes into another show that you actually brought up to me called Hilda, who the main actress in it um, is actually voiced by Liana Mormont from the show, who's the small. Oh, okay. Everyone oh, yeah. loves her and everything like that. Um, the, she's Game the, of Thrones. Yeah, Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. She's the small girl <laughs> that you know, that talks yeah. trash on everybody. On yeah, person. yeah, you know. Um, but it's like it's like Gravity Falls, but um, softer and sweeter. Okay. So Gravity Falls has a little bit more edgier mm -hmm. side and to it. And it gets crazy. And it gets it will get crazy. Hilda has this soft mm -hmm. poetry, like it's almost like watching a pillow as mm -hmm. a TV show. It, there's something. The music's wonderful. The yep. art's wonderful. It's uh, very soft, yeah, drawn. Yeah, th but, but they both deal in fantastical like elements. Lore, lore mm -hmm. creatures. Yes, exactly. So those are the two things I've been watching. They're both excellent. They both hit just like that need that you want. If you just want something on the background that calms you down, Hilda for sure. If you want to laugh at something and have a little bit of fun, Gravity Falls is just an absolute uh, fun thrill ride. Halloween a couple, was it a couple years ago? Uh, Miles was the pig and... His girlfriend at the time was the the younger sister, or not the oh, younger the sister, sister, the sister, the sister. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So I've only seen three episodes of Gravity Falls so far, so oh, okay. I may not know who the pig is. I'm starting. They're starting to drip feed certain things, like 
their grunkle like what is he really what was like like in the first episode or the end of the first episode he hits the pin pad on the oh yeah, uh, yeah. machine you wonder where he goes mm-hmm. and then uh so the different thing is like hilda is that the world doesn't really acknowledge the lore creatures but the main character and her mom are very much involved and it slowly pulls mm, kind of i mean that the, whole city it was made to keep out the trolls eventually what i'm saying as it starts is that it doesn't have do you want to give a synopsis of gravity falls because i've never even heard of this so ben you would actually probably be more there's uh, trolls and pigs no that's hilda that's but they but gravity Gravity falls kind of has this so it Uh, opens i'll start opening up and you can take it is that so these two kids are sent away to a like a summer event by their parents to go to their uh great uncle's uh, he kind of runs this uh, business that has like a, it's like a museum. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, when you travel like Oregon uh, souvenir coast. shop. Yeah. In, in the you know, when you travel like the Oregon mm-hmm. coast and every once in a while you'll find like one random place that has all these random souvenirs of like the crocodile man. And oh, yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. he kind of runs this, it has like a wax museum, a couple other different things with that. And uh, he tells the kids to go out and play. And the son finds this book that someone was writing that talks about like these mystical creatures of werewolves and gnomes. Oh. And then things start getting crazy where the daughter starts dating this guy who they think is a zombie, but turns out to be a bunch of gnomes stacked on each other. And they want to marry her and make her their, their queen. queen. Yeah, so then yeah. they have to fight them. And then just slowly but surely the world starts like an episode is like based around like the Loch Ness and then oh wow so and yeah, then the, this, awesome. this last one we watched was a wax museum weird. that the Grunkle um, created a wax version of himself and it got its head chopped off and the episode is them trying to figure out who did it and it turns out it was the old wax figures that he had before that he used to have on display but then when people stopped paying money for it like the Grunkle is all about that that yeah, yeah. Uh, he like threw, he threw him, he threw him in a um like in a back area that then got boarded over and painted over and put away. So they killed the wax figure thinking it was the Grunkle, and then they find out and like crazy things ensue. But you know, Ben, yeah. I don't know where no, 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 is there you, anything you, else it's, that it's, stands it's upon it? It's just those kids uh, visiting their great uncle, and there's lore creatures in the world yep. that they start uncovering. That's enough for me. Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's and also it's, it's, very well voice acted, very oh, yeah. well drawn. It, and it's intelligent. Like, yes. it doesn't play two children. It plays two. Oh, it's an anime. Yes, yeah. it's anime. Oh, 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 it's a car- cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's why I said it's a family viewing event. It has... So, it has... <laughs> so, I like I like highbrow. Like, um, like, I like written jokes that when people say it out loud that you have to think about it like i have fun mm. with jokes like that not just ones that are simple yeah you know da, 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 da. oh ha 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 mm-hmm. like you got to think about it um but then at the same time it has lowbrow jokes which my wife loves and has fun with the whimsical and <laughs> what <laughs> what are you gonna do and then it has she doesn't listen and then this, it has right? the fantastical <laughs> cartoon element that my four-year-old daughter likes so it hits all three like it has a little bit of everything so, for everyone. So what I learned is that you're highbrow. Yes. And the rest of your family is lowbrow. <laughs> They're knuckle dragon. <laughs> I love my wife. Uh, all right. Speaking of, all right. So let's get into it. Meat and potatoes. The episode. What's the question? Wait, of the yeah. Week? Question oh, of the that's week. right. Question of the week. Oh, yeah. I don't think you guys are prepared. All right. So every I'm week we have a question prepared. of the week. Our first episode was what was the best meat. Yeah. Second episode is uh, what movie would you direct? Yeah. This week it's a doozy. What is the best? Okay. Breakfast cereal. 
Uh, Andrew, the one think? that I eat the most, or the like, you can get both. Like uh, rice checks is the one I eat the most. What I love rice checks. It is delicious. I don't know is, why. You mean just checks? Rice checks, specifically rice checks. Yeah. Right. Not oh, wheat. Yeah, there's not, wheat and there's, there's corn. corn. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Give me rice checks. And you're wrong. You can, corn is the best. Uh, rice is the best. <laughs> I would say corn is better for just eating without the milk, but rice checks with the milk with is the milk. better oh, for okay. me. Uh, and then if I'm just going to go like all, you know, all time favor, if I could eat any day of the week, Reese's Puffs. Oh, Oh, I got some Reese's Puffs for you. What about (laughs) about you? Mine the same is the same with Andrew with rice checks is the one I eat the most. And growing up, we would like our parents would get us sugary cereals all the time. Mm -hmm. So I kind of got sick of it. Mm -hmm. And like all my other friends who their parents were like health health nuts would make them eat the like dry stuff and they'd come over to our house and be like oh sugary stuff and then i go to their house and i'd be like oh rice rice, rice stuff rice. <laughs> <laughs> and so that yeah that, that's that but if i had a favorite probably cookies and cream like, oh uh, like those those little cookies the cookies yeah, and, yeah, yeah. i remember those commercials growing up that's those, right. those, those, yeah were, cookie crisp those were delicious the cookie, like, what's his name like the cookie bandit or whatever yep uh and it changed it it used to be a dog in like a striped suit yeah, and like then a, a cop or something. Yes. And now it's like a coyote or something. Hmm. Oh. And it's just the coyote. Yeah, it's just a coyote. Because, oh. you know, they didn't want to portray the maybe. cookie coyote. Like uh robbers and oh, like Apple Jacks used to be the apple and the cinnamon stick fighting and now they're friends. Because they don't want because I loved those. They don't want to <laughs> support like negative uh connotations relationships, yeah. Yes. What about uh, you, Will? What's your favorite? What's your favorite breakfast? So cereal? when I was a kid, we didn't really get cereal often, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. And what what's funny though is my mom would make actually make us breakfast, and sometimes she'd make us like waffles and pancakes and all that. And my friends would come over, and they'd just be in heaven, and I all I wanted was sugar cereal. <laughs> you, know? so you, and, you were one of the kids that would come over to our house, and yeah, I'd, be like, I'd be like, "Oh no, no, I want to eat what your parents are <laughs> yeah, making." Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, we also didn't get the boxed cereal. We got the, mm, the, the bags of cereal. Yes, yeah, the bag. Yes. But they cost much. Uh, they cost much less different. and you get more cereal. They are. They're not they're not as good but they're yeah, just they're more not. they're more literal Our, instead of instead of fruity pebbles they're like uh rainbow colored fruit discs. <laughs> i was eating cheerios a lot fruit and then uh, our mom got us a bunch of the the bag like quote-unquote cheerios and i was like nope there's more sugar in this i can tell yeah, yeah. no but you're yeah. saying so i mean to answer the question though cinnamon toast crunch mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. excellent the milk after that is mm-hmm. incredible yeah it's like horchata. So, for, <laughs> so for me, if, if my go-to, like it's like uh, my for sure thing, the uh, the high floor, low ceiling cereal, the one that you never know is gonna fail you, is Honey Bunches Boats. You know what's funny is literally you started talking and I was like, he's going to say it's Honey Bunches. It's a Honey Bunches Boats with the, with the almonds in it as well. That's my like go-to. Like I know I will never be sad. Yeah, but probably. <laughs> because it isn't it isn't well it's again it's it's just that it's, it's that guy who comes tier, up to the plate and you know he's gonna get you a, yeah you it's know our, he's not gonna yeah. get a, a home run but he'll get you a double he'll get you on gotcha. plate yeah. he's a guy you can yeah exactly yeah. you can count on but my probably my favorite favorite cereal is actually apple jacks okay i love apple jacks yeah. apple jacks is my go-to but the problem is that apple jacks once it gets soggy 
it, mm-hmm. it's taste value everything else goes mm-hmm. down as opposed to honey butcher's oat pretty stays at that solid seven yeah. from when it's crispy to when it's soggy it's still fair. rice checks raisin, just becomes rice milk and it's delicious uh, yeah no it's not. i love raisin do you guys drink the milk after pretty, you're done oh yeah 100 every single time yeah, even though I don't like milk, but I like sugar a lot. Yeah, so lots of, <laughs> lots of milk's done and everything like that. The, so, the, one of the best milks, though, is the Cocoa Puffs milk afterwards. Oh, yeah. Just Any of the chocolate cereal. I'm not a chocolate uh, fan, chocolate but pebbles. chocolate Cocoa cereal pebbles. milk is best. Cocoa pebbles. Our dad's, our dad's favorite yeah. is Cocoa, Cocoa pebbles. pebbles. For sure. Fruity Pebbles, not even close. Mm-mm. No, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here with that yeah. Fruity Pebbles. You, you were saying Apple Jacks. I, that always like tore up my the top of my mouth it does so 100 of the time <laughs> those are my favorite cereals the oh, cereals that are okay. hard to chew like i love like i love raisin bran crunch i love like cereals that like when you're done oh, eating i like with raisin it, bran yeah. no it's just the apple tracks that seem to do oh it. Maybe really those those points on the o's yeah because of it. the top of the mouth because like mouth. crunchy uh raisin bran was fine also shout out to kicks Oh, Kicks, yeah. yeah. No, kicks, kicks is yeah. definitely yeah. an honorable mention. I, I like Pops a little better than Kicks. Yeah. Then there's Life. I like Life. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't even know if yeah, I'm ever too. I'm just I like it. Life cereal more than Life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like Life the board game more than Life cereal. I like the real Life is, board game. I like more than Life. That's, mm, that's yeah, a good point. Yes. On that note, we'll take a quick much break. much more successful in the game. <laughs> yeah, the game yeah, the board game is good. All right, so we'll take a quick break, and when we'll come back, we'll get in the meat and potatoes of the episode, and we'll start talking about the thing. All right, welcome back. Meat and potatoes time. It's stuck. The meat and potatoes. I'm just. Uh, you're going on. going to ride that. Train. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. What? You're not going to do that. What? No. You don't like meat and potatoes? That's weird. Oh, okay. Well, meat and potatoes. So today we're talking about the thing. The 1982. Oh, the thing. Oh, we're talking about the thing. Um, is a 1982 sci-fi horror movie from director John Carpenter. Um, it's Carpenter's eighth film. Um, if you count his TV films. So he had two TV films before that, Elvis and Someone's yeah. Watching Me. Um, so it's his eighth official film. Um, you may you may be sitting there right now. Who is John Carpenter? So John Carpenter, you may know him from the likes of Halloween, um, ex- the Escape series, Escape New York, Escape L.A., Christine, Big Trouble in Little China, and, of course, They Live, um, were some of his uh, more famous films. The movie is actually written by Bill Lancaster, who also wrote... The Bad News Bears, 1976. So the same guy. So unfortunately, he died fairly early on, like in his 50s. He had a heart attack. But I would li- I couldn't tell you that it, that was the reason why he stopped writing because he died a good like 18 years after writing the thing and there wasn't anything else he put after that. So he still died fairly young. It's just he didn't really write anything uh, much further after that. Uh, the movie itself is based on a 1938 novella called Who Goes There, which is written by John W. Campbell Jr., um, which, funny enough, wasn't its actual first film adaption. There was a mm-hmm. 1951 film called The Thing from Another World, which had was... a big uh, uh, plant alien with a big head. Yes, exactly. So it's different. It's a little different. And than... it's on a train, if I remember correctly. No, it's 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 still place. I'm pretty sure it still takes place. At one in... point, there must have been a train or something. I, yeah. I just remember a train. <laughs> yeah, so it is different in, enough. It, it does take the idea from uh, the novel of Who Goes There and kind of goes in a different way. And actually something we'll get in a little bit later that John Carpenter wanted to stick more to the material of the book itself but still pay homage to the movie. So a lot of people still think The Thing is a remake when it's not. It's in, a, it's in its own self that's paying homage to both the book and the former movie that came out about 30 years before that. So quick synopsis of the movie. 
Um, the film follows a group of American researchers in Antarctica who, after uh, some of the opening events, are infiltrated by a parasitic life form that begins to disguise itself as members of the crew. The crew, begin, the crew then begins to be eliminated one by one, while the trust also begins to drop uh, amongst each other. Eventually, the remaining survivors must band together for one final stand, which involves the destruction of the entire outpost. The film ends upon Kurt Russell's R.J. McCready and Keith David's child surrounded by, by the destruction of the encampment and the hope that the thing has truly been destroyed. Is there anything else you guys would add for synopsis of the movie? It's an alien. It's, good. it's an alien and everything like that. There's dogs. There's dogs. Uh, so oh, what are yeah. you... Uh, if you're not a fan... Of uh, dogs being hurt in films, do not watch. Yeah, this do not movie. watch this movie, and we'll actually get into that. So, what were your general impressions of the movie? What do you think of the thing, Andrew? Uh, I super enjoy it. Um, a lot of the, you know, uh, trying to guess who actually is evil, who's not evil. The whole fact that the thing can disguise itself as other people, yes, um, just plays into you don't know who to trust, and they they. John Carpenter does an incredible job at showing the tension um, and stress of being in an area in which you cannot leave, mm-hmm. um, that you will die if you try to venture out. And so, since it's so cold outside. Yes, because it um, takes place in Antarctica. And so having that, that thrillingness, that suspensefulness, uh, it makes the movie. The actors do a, a great job. Um, with their characters, mm-hmm. uh, the characters are all fun and. This is a very well casted movie. Yes, yeah. Each Extremely person, excellent. Each casted. person plays their character very well. Yes, and totally an all, agree. all male cast, which was yeah. is very rare in cinematic history. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. There's there the only so that was the big thing coming up when I was doing deeper research in the movie is that the only females of note to mention is that there's a scene where they play reruns of I want to say The Price Is Right. And then the chess uh, computer uh, chess voice is a a female. And that's Mm. the only credited females in this movie. This is all pure male, which kind of plays into the idea of that there's that macho, Mm -hmm. like, who's the leader? Who do I trust? I'm a man. I can do all this stuff by myself that there isn't there that uh, that they are able to play upon within the movie of like, who do we trust kind of mm-hmm. a thing. There isn't a protective feel to it. It's very much yes. predator, survive for yourself yeah. uh, type of feel that the movie does really well. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? What do you think, buddy? Uh, well, it's my favorite John Carpenter movie, which... Says a lot. He's, yeah, yeah. I, I've he's really enjoyed... Uh, yeah, I've, I love uh, escape, the Escape movies. I love The Fog, even though it's kind of slow. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Escape from New York. No, I already said that. Uh, big trouble, yeah, big trouble, big trouble in little little China. China, which actually they impacted, live. which impacted one of my favorite things of all time in Mortal Kombat. Ed Boon is very honest about how he based quite a bit of Raiden's character off of Big Trouble in Little China, and that without that movie, Mortal Kombat wouldn't have the type of feel that it has. I feel like Shang Tsung also. Yeah, not yeah, surprising by guy, that at all. The bad guy in Big Trouble yeah, reminds totally, me absolutely. of him a lot. I have a question. Are we doing spoilers in this movie? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I saw about 15, 20 minutes of it, and the they had a real handsome dog, so that's my favorite part of what I've seen. Uh, but <laughs> what I understand Oh, yeah, it stays very handsome. The yeah. dog, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't change. Yeah, nothing bad mm-hmm. happens well, to that so, dog. Well, so, yeah, I know that the dog is 
is infected. Yes. Is it actually the thing pretending to be the dog? To yes. yes. And we're actually we'll actually get to that in a okay. in a second here. So so I do want to move into. So generally, obviously, we love this movie. This is a huge classic. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys, what is your favorite scene in the movie? And here are the three that I thought of. Obviously, feel free to submit your own. And one of them actually is the dog kennel scene where um, <clears throat> uh, there's a dog handler um, who uh, eventually... So the movie opens up with a couple of Nor- Norwegian, which they kind of have fun with. They call them like Swedish and a mm-hmm. couple of... They, have, they, like, they keep changing their... Um, nationality almost the entire movie like whatever the Swedes or whoever they are like Norwegian Um, the scene opens up with them flying in on a helicopter shooting at the dog Um, Mm -hmm. and that's because the dog is carrying the parasite and then once they well, get there, the dog, dog is, is, the is the parasite. But you don't um, know it at that time. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah. So you As get there. Everybody I've watched this movie with for the first time, they're like, this is horrible. Why yeah, is he why doing that? And it's like, the dog? don't worry, you're going to soon wish that they, <laughs> they had. The so, so what happens is that there starts to become a kerfuffle in the, the dog kennel. And as they come out the dog literally starts transforming and it's trying to assimilate the other dogs within there to oh. continue to spread. And the dog like opens up and like tangles of like tentacles fly out and the dog becomes this slimy, just evil looking. And it starts like literally like it these grows dogs, like spider legs. Yeah. Spider legs. It just becomes this, it's a spectacle. And that's actually one of the coolest things about this movie is the practical effects oh, yeah. of like this thing just becomes this, horrible monster that there's no cg in it it is mm-hmm. like huh. something that they had to build yeah. slimy and red and bloody and like That's its crazy. face opens up kind of like a flower and yes just like a little mouth thing chomping mouth yeah, thing it starts chomping up. so that's one that i came up with mm-hmm. uh the other one is uh the uh, medical scene where they're trying to that would be one of my revive ones. one of their friends and then uh dr cooper ends up when he's going to put the paddles on him clear his the man's chest opens, opens up and mm-hmm. he puts both his arms deep inside and then they get chomped down on and he loses both of his hands and this is our first real oh the thing can become a human because originally it's like they come and they see a dog and they're just like oh that was crazy mm-hmm. i can't believe what just happened here but then they're like oh no this thing can start then that's when the movie starts going like oh anyone can be this um and then the third one i want to throw out is the blood test where Mm -hmm. they tie everyone down and uh, mccready comes up with this idea of that the the parasite is all about survival and it hates like burning and fire and the parasite is every part of the body so the blood a head a piece of the head falls off and it becomes another thing yes uh the blood is the is thing. alive as well yeah yeah so to kill the parasite you have to kill it in entirety if you leave even a small part of it alive it continues so you have to literally obliterate it so the idea is that he takes uh mccready takes the blood from all the people that are left and he kind of um heats up this um metal rod and he's digs it into the blood and as long as the blood doesn't curl away from it they're fine they're human and it becomes this tense scene where like they draw one person's blood and Mm -hmm. someone's looking at it and even though they like to think they're not a thing they're almost themselves like ready to see of like oh am i bad or am i good as Mm -hmm. mccready goes to put this metal rod and wait for the sizzle and it like culminates where they finally cooper um the character cooper uh 
he goes to put the metal rod in, but then the blood like curls and freaks out, and, and then all of a sudden the entire room freaks out. Cooper's head like explodes, and it's a pretty intense scene. What do you, What do you think, Andrew? What was probably your favorite scene? Do you have one to submit, or do you think one of those? Is probably... I mean, you hit the probably the three best scenes in the movie. So. Okay. Um, I can't think of maybe the ending, but even then, the ending's really good. Yeah. Um, that last scene with Childs and McCready. McCready sitting <clears throat> down. Sitting down. Um. Maybe when the doctor is freaking out, chopping all the stuff up, and you just see mm-hmm. that—that's when like chaos really starts ensuing. Yes, totally. Of like, they don't know. He destroys the their escape. Yeah. yeah. He ruins the helicopter. Yeah. And their communication. But I would yeah. say those are. Do you, Do you have one in particular you think is the best? Uh, for Your me, it's the blood favorite? test scene. Um, like how crazy it gets, and then like after they, <laughs> after they get all that taken care of like when that the one freaks out and starts killing people and they kill it and they like blow open the door the yeah. no the, not the door the the wall and yeah kill the one out into the snow yeah and, and then, then flame throw uh childs on the ground childs is uh, no keith, keith david's, david's character oh no 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 uh, uh what, what's his name the the crazy haired guy with the glasses oh windows windows, windows. yeah windows they flint through yeah and then it's all that's done and then they're back to yeah and then doing the test again yeah Yeah, they start doing the test again like literally just after all that happened it's like and we continue (laughs) and and it has one of the best lines uh i actually have that written down right uh, here which yeah if you want so so the line he's talking about is the 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 captain the captain uh he's like he says so if you're sensitive to language there is an f word so just a heads up um, he says, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of the winter tied to this fucking couch. Like, just, because this happens like so after his blood is tested and they see he's like, yeah, no, no, duh. I'm not a thing. After but he's like, sitting there tied. He's like, I know you guys are freaking out here, but I'm tired. Like, and it's such a great. The, the thing that like one of the, the blood tests, the one that freaked out and started going all crazy was the one like sitting right next to him. So like he's already kind of just been through all of this yeah and he's he's, just, he's, he's ready just, to be he's done. ready to be done and yeah it's pretty great what about you ben is it the blood test or do you think there's another scene that I, kind of I, honorable I, mention you want to put out my favorite is the uh the medical where okay. he's doing the yeah, cooper gets the reviving arms. but also i enjoyed in uh to the 2000s it's not really a remake because it's a prequel, but the thing from which the follows the, the Norwegian yeah. researchers. Uh, when it was coming out, Andrew and I saw the th- the, th- the original thing, and it w- when they were going through that facility, looking through all the stuff, there was an axe in the wall, and Andrew and I were like, "Ooh, I hope there's going to be that axe in that wall." More in the movie, that axe happens. better be. In yeah, that, that wall. better that <laughs> axe better be in that wall. And then the we went and saw the movie and. At one point, there was an axe in the wall, and the guy went to go grab it. And uh, Mary Elizabeth Winston, her character, is like, "No, no, leave it." That's <laughs> it's like, it's oh, just like uh, that's, that's why it's there. A little touch. It wasn't yeah. that great, but it was just those little things that made it special. Yeah. Yeah. So this this next question may be tough for you guys because we already talked about how well the movie was casted. Mm-hmm. But do you guys have a personal like favorite and who like favorite performance? Like who do you think had the best performance in the movie? And then who do you think had the worst performance? If you had to pick which is saying like, hey, you know, there's twelve actors, mm-hmm. you know, ten of them get A's and two get you know, one gets a B plus and a B. So they still did really well. It wasn't necessarily so I'll throw out my two. 
So my favorite performance is actually Wilford Brimley as Blair. Yeah. I thought he did such a, yeah, he's, I thought they did such a wonderful time. And up to this point, everyone knows Wilford Brimley now as the diabetes, diabetes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone, that's what people know him from. And Mm -hmm. up to this point, he's a relatively unknown uh, person that people didn't know really well. And we'll get into uh, why that's interesting and the interesting facts. Uh, His was my favorite because then when he goes to, when he starts off, he kind of goes down this crazy uh, he locks himself into the room. He's going crazy mm-hmm. to the point you're kind of almost rooting for rooting for him. Like he may be the only sane one there because yeah. of how crazy he's acting. Like these guys don't understand how insane things are going on. Yeah. To the point then when he gets isolations and then big reveal, he actually was like one of the first people to be assimilated. Um, and then when he's in, uh, mm, was he or did they I just, think there's an argument? I, I think because, that's, that's because what's he had the, the he had the noose. Yeah. Oh, that he was. Why would the thing want to kill himself? That's a good point. That is a really good point. I think the thing just got into the. Got into because it it talks isolated. It talks about one point um, that uh, they were out there by themselves. Like there was someone out there by themselves. Mm. Out in the. Well, he actually he ends up going destroying all the stuff. Like he finds a way to get out. He gets a floorboard, and then that was the thing that was so cool is the range that he portrays of Mm -hmm. that. He goes from run of the mill just blank face in the background to going crazy only saying guy you root for to he becomes what you would argue one of the main antagonists of the mm-hmm. movie for the longest screen time yeah. and i thought i thought his performance was the best for my worst um was actually donald moffitt who plays gary who is the captain so okay. outside outside of the big line that he delivers yeah i kind of thought his character was the least interesting to me personally i always thought like as a former military leader and having to do all this stuff where i kind of in moments of chaos you expect him to step up and he kind of crumbled and maybe that's more to the character itself and that's why he did a good job so sometimes it's tough to separate i think that's why he's out performance um so but for me personally i thought he if i had to pick Mm -hmm. i would pick him even though i thought this movie is one of the better acting movies you've seen what about you andrew do you have Um, a personal favorite i mean mine's going to be well i think a lot of people's uh a windows no uh kurt russell's uh mccready yeah um it's just incredible uh one of the first times i've like i've always enjoyed kurt russell but that was the when i saw him in this it was just like it was another level of just showing a masculine character but who also had sensitivity like he he isn't like a macho throw everything around arnold schwarzenegger type he's a i'll i i'll get things done mm-hmm. type and it's something i uh, appreciate about the character and there was it's the like same a, thing like he has that same persona as like aragorn from lord of the rings and there was like, like an uh, a hidden intelligence like yeah. he was keeping those messages and kind of figuring it out yeah by himself like not really talking to other people and so even until, to the, until the big moment where he explains to everybody yeah. what's going on even yeah. to the point where like he has the tnt strapped to himself and you're supposed to believe that he's evil mm-hmm. uh and you're still rooting for him yeah. like you're still like nope everyone else is wrong yeah everyone's wrong well <laughs> but, they even yeah. do a good job of like a couple of times you're like wait a minute is kurt russell it, like it, yeah, you yeah. even start to question because obviously he's the biggest name he's the mm-hmm. biggest actor he's clearly the protagonist yeah that you go wait a minute he could be the bad guy is he yeah. the bad guy here and for pull a, pull a doom yeah, uh, yeah, Doom. And have rock. Doom guy be the bad guy. That's funny. Um, that movie's stupid. For worse, I don't. <laughs> I, I love that movie. No, <laughs> I, I don't it. know if I have. It's a worse tough. Actor. It's it actually would, one of the few movies be... that we'll probably talk about where there isn't like a clear 
like this worse. Is I bad. mean, if anything, it's one of the side characters, the the roller skating cook. Nalls, I yeah, think his name is. Like, I guess as a character, he's a throwaway. Like, he actually lives for yeah, quite Nulls. a while. Yeah, he's um, like one of the last people. Yeah, he's to one die. of the last people. I actually, to die, I actually but... have a fun story about Nall's character. Really? When you get an issue respect, you guys um, are gonna like it. But his character probably uh, is throwaway for me. So the reason why I have a hard time with that is because I like the character so much. He's the cook with the headband and he yeah. has rollerblades and he's listening. Yeah. Like, there's the scene where they tell him to turn down his music. He's like, okay, and he doesn't. And, and he doesn't turn down his music, and, and that causes him not to hear things. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I liked the character so that's why when a lot of times with these movies is that the character and performance are very closely tied to each mm-hmm. other yeah. and it isn't necessarily the acting when everyone is no, already I, acting really well I would say well, everyone there's... played their character superbly in this movie so. yeah what about what about you Ben do you have a favorite uh, least favorite Childs movie? is my favorite yeah Keith David Keith David yeah. he's fantastic he's always fantastic his voice is amazing yeah it's absolutely um, incredible I think my worst would be a tie between the guy with glasses. Windows? Sunglasses? No, or... no, no, no. Just normal glasses. The balding kind of guy with glasses. Oh, the doctor? Yes. The I know, doctor's I know assistant. Talking about. Uh, doctor's assistant, yeah. Yeah. He was kind of forgettable. Also the... Oh, oh Fuchs. Yeah. Fuchs. You're talking the botanist. Yes. Sure. <laughs> the guy The guy who... He brings uh, the blood samples to... Yeah. And yeah. he's he's out in the snow and they go to him and he's like... Wah! No, no, that's turning. not Fuchs. Fuchs burns himself. He's the guy who pulls McCready oh, no, no, to the side saying like, hey, I, we got to run this. So when he was Wilford Brimley's assistant and uh, when they isolated Wilford Brimley, he's like, hey, he was kind of onto something. We need to get the blood test, this, that and another. And he's the guy who goes out in the snow and he finds the burnt McCready name tag. And the next time you see him, he's so he, just he, a burnt Chris. Yeah, he's just a burnt he's, Chris emulted. He's not the one. You're I, he's one of the I know who you're talking about. It's one of the throwaway characters. Yeah, that guy. Yes. And then the uh, the chest guy. Yeah, the guy who has the heart attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, definitely... he was pretty much, who are you and why yeah, are yeah. you here? <laughs> which, yeah, which is, which is understandable. I totally agree there. Um, so next I want to talk about, do you think... My favorite character was the dog. Your favorite <laughs> I definitely believed he was a dog. <laughs> he did a really good job. So actually, we'll start off and with And your you. least favorite character was the Norwegian trying to shoot him. Yeah. Right? Lars. Well, nah, I'm uh, partial Lars, to Norwegians. Yeah. Lars, oh, you're partial to the Norwegians. Uh, but here, uh, Will, I know you, you've only seen so much of the thing, but you you know Kurt Russell. You've seen a lot mm-hmm. of these guys. So my next question to you is that, so without seeing the thing, what is your favorite Kurt Russell movie? So a couple ones I threw down are Backdraft, Overboard, Tombstone, Big Trouble in Little China, and then, of course, the Escape series. What's my favorite? Or yeah, what would his... you think is... Both. What do you think is favorite or your his best performance? So I actually looked over his, his career, and what's interesting is everybody loves Kurt Russell. No one is just like, meh, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But a lot of his movies were not great, like, in comparison. <gasps> no, I mean, like... Guardians two compared to yeah. the Zoom. number, yeah. sure, yeah. No, but, it wasn't in Zoom. Was, but I mean, when it comes Zoom. down to it, it's like there's one. a few. Sky High, you know, there's Sky a high. few. And uh, Big Trouble is probably my favorite. He's probably your favorite. Tombstones probably his best. Technically, yeah, wider. Forrest Gump is his best. He was the uncredited 
voice of Elvis in Morris. <laughs> really? Yeah. I did not. That's there you go. He's that's, uncredited. That doesn't count. <laughs> so so your favorite is Big Trouble, but his best performance is probably Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah. Absolutely. So so my question, to you guys, is that including the thing? Do mm-hmm. you think this is Kurt Russell's best movie or best performance or neither? No, you're shaking your uh, head. Then what do you think? For me, movie, yes, because it's my favorite John Carpenter movie. So you think this is Kurt Russell's best movie? But I think his performance was okay. Okay, you weren't so sold. Do you have a favorite Kurt, Kurt Russell performance? Probably uh, Escape movies. Yeah, Escape series, L.A. and New York. I okay. love uh, Pliskin. Snake so Pliskin. Much. Snake, of course. Uh, what about you? Andy? Uh, my favorite is Big Trouble in Little China, but his best is definitely Sky High. <laughs> where he played the dad of uh, the strong dad of uh of a kid who had no superpowers till later in the film he found out that he did have superpowers yeah. i definitely want to honorable mention captain ron <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah captain ron is Cap- he's in and, captain and ron all, yeah. all his disney films when he was really young yeah. I, like, and i actually love computer with tennis shoes and strongest man in the world and Couple others. Overboard is excellent. Overboard is excellent. I really enjoy watching that movie. It's really good. So my mine is Backdraft. I love Backdraft. I don't know. Have you guys ever seen Backdraft? So Backdraft is a firefighting movie with the idea of being Backdraft of that. So there, I remember watching as a kid was just so fascinated by like a room would start to like burn, but then the oxygen like would it would suck it out. But what it was doing is that it was pretty much almost building an explosion. So the idea is that you would like you would have this level of brevity of like fighting fire, fighting fighter, and then all of a sudden it would go away, and then you'd be like, oh. but then the only reason why you would go, oh, this piece is about to come back strong. And somebody would this, open a door. Yeah, and then things would explode. I loved backdraft going up, hmm. but but I actually I think I think the thing is probably my favorite Kurt Russell movie for sure. I definitely thought that was pretty good. What about uh, Keith David? So Keith David, he's been in a lot of stuff, but one of the ones, too, that get mentioned quite a bit other than the thing is They Live and Platoon are probably his top, unless you guys have any other ones that you would like to throw out there. They Live Uh-oh, is Uh-oh, Will's smiling. Let's see it, buddy. Okay. Men at Work. It's okay, uh, yeah. Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen Amelia. as Garbage Men. Terrible movie, but I love it. It's very entertaining. And Keith David's in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. I think they kidnap him at, at one time. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. What about you, Ben? Uh, probably They Live. They Live? Yeah, uh, also, honorable mention to Halo series. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. The His Arbiter. best movie is Mass Effect, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Captain Anderson. Well, that's how, yeah, a lot of people may, not, may only know Keith David from his voice, voice acting. Yeah. And that actually speaks to how great he, he doesn't have. That was the tough thing when you talk about Keith David is everyone knows who Keith David is. The problem is, is he didn't have that one breakout other than maybe They Live, where he's arguably the second most important character in that. But a lot of people, when you talk about They Live, they talk Rowdy. about Roddy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know about you, Andrew. Do you have a favorite like, Keith David performance? We'll even throw it out to video games. What's your favorite thing that Keith David has um, done? It, it, it's They Live as well. It's yeah. that, that fight scene with Rowdy is just one of it's the best things classic. in the world. Uh but and then yeah, my running running up is Captain Anderson from Mass Effect. Mass Effect, um, absolutely. It's, Admiral. Yeah. Oh, Admiral. Right. Admiral. Well, to start off as he, he, he's Captain. Oh, but, he? yeah, yeah, he becomes Admiral afterwards. Yeah, uh, you better get a promotion. <laughs> um, he's like, he's, I found Shepard. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, come on, well, guys. There's just really cool things about the character that he was actually the first to be approached to be Spectre. Yes. Um, uh, for the humans, and then that he has a past with Saren, and it's just like. 
there's a lot of it's cool a things super with that character. interesting yeah. character. What what is they live? I they I've live heard of is that. we need to watch this. John Car- is... one of John Carpenter's movies okay. with Rowdy. If, if you've yes. ever seen yeah. well, the, the wrestler, yes, yes. The wrestler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all right. So what happens is go ahead. Uh, if you've ever seen those shirts that say "Obey" on them, with yeah. like glasses, with the pictures, yeah, that's that's from They Live. Yeah. So oh, it's really? it's this mm. guy who's homeless and he just like, yeah he's down he on works. his luck. He goes from job to job. He's more in, mostly in construction, and then he finds these glasses that when he puts them on show what actually is real, hmm. and it shows that. Aliens are trying to manipulate humans mm-hmm. that they through like advertising. Aliens have infiltrated Earth, yeah. so and like controlling. Uh, he people would be through able to like if I ads. was Roddy, I would put the glasses on, and it wouldn't necessarily be Will, Ben, and Andrew. One of you could be an alien yeah. right now, and they're trying to manipulate little things. And it has this great scene. I'm pretty sure you've heard this line before. He's, "I'm here. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Oh, and I'm yeah. all out of bubble gum. Yeah, like that's from They Live. That's why a lot of people reference They Live, but they necessarily haven't, haven't seen, seen They Live. Just if like, you watch yeah. anything, just watch the Keith David Roddy. So there's a scene where scene. Keith David and uh, like approaches rowdy and is like trying to stop him and rowdy doesn't trust anyone and no like, no no. oh he's trying he's, to put the he's glasses, to on, put him. The glasses right. on keith yeah, david keith david and they just have this fight that never ends <laughs> it, it goes, goes on, on for it goes on for like 10 to 15 minutes of them just like punching each other throwing to get like it's in an alleyway yeah. like it never leaves the alleyway it yeah. keeps going like one of them's down you're like okay it's over and then he just gets back up and starts fighting it's it's great. and then the, the whole time it. rowdy is just trying to put the glass yeah on. you would definitely <laughs> they live because i know you're not huge into like the horror side mm. of with the thing this, this, is, more this is more the sci-fi. aliens this is, is kind of creepy be but much yeah, more, more sci-fi. up your alley so yeah. the tough the toughest question uh agent cody banks was actual my actual keith david the tougher question is this john carpenter's best movie We'll wait for Ben because I know how much John Carpenter means to you. So we'll we'll go to we'll go to Andrew. What do you think? Uh, for me, it is Big Trouble in Little China. I love what they did with Kurt Russell's character. That he actually doesn't do anything. Like he he is the main character. <laughs> yeah, and he's the person everyone like. Roots he's a good for. shot. He's That's a good shot. It. Uh, but <laughs> he his the the sidekick dude. He does all the work. Like he does all the fight scenes. He the his, the main chick does the, all the reporting. Like she figures that he's literally just there to have his awesome lines and to inspire. I would say like he actually his presence helps the other characters mm-hmm. do their best. But anytime he tries to do anything, he gets his butt whooped. There's always like comedic circumstances where he is yeah. for some reason like taken out of the fight and yeah. he finally like gets free and shows up after everybody's like beat up. And yeah, yeah. Defeated. <laughs> so, so for me, um, I would probably say the thing is probably my personal favorite John Carpenter. But oh man, I do love Halloween, the first Halloween. Hmm. Um, oh right, That's I'm a bit yeah, yeah, I'm a big that like I'm love horror movies and that so it's. So it's one of those movies you talk about, again, I'll always forever and bring up the Blade Runner effect mm-hmm. of that. You would argue that necessarily the first movie isn't the greatest, but what it did for the genre and the idea of what a horror movie is and how it changed everything, like that like that has to absolutely get a mention for me. Yeah. All right, Ben, what, what about you, man? Escape from New York. New York, yeah. Do you think that's mm. is that that's your favorite, or do you think that's, that's my the favorite? Best? Okay. That's your favorite, uh, John Carpenter movie. I think the thing 
because of the uh, practical effects is probably the best, but New York is still my favorite because of Snake Plissken. And if you say the worst, it's Ghost of Mars. <laughs> is he? That's like one of his last movies he directed. Did that have? Ice is that the one it? with Jack Nicholson? No. And... no, no, no. That's what is that one that the the Mars people come down? Is that Attack on Mars or uh, Mars Attacks? Mars, Mars Attacks. Attacks. There you go. I always no. Get that Ghost one. of Mars was people went to Mars. Yeah, and there was like there there was an ancient race of Martians that died off and their ghosts they're like ghosts filled with hatred were left around uh, and then these humans oh, have, humans oh, come and settle it and the ghosts infect the humans and they're like putting saws and stuff yes. through their skin and like going insane and like tearing people apart i watched that on cable it was pretty it's, <laughs> it's pretty bad i watched it yeah the movie's like great so i would say uh big trouble in little china but i haven't seen a lot of carpenter films i have a slight suspicion that i would love the escape movies Yes. yes. Oh, dude. Oh, yes. Yeah. Escape is right up your alley. Yeah. Snake Plissken will be your hero. Yeah. I, you know, you may Ru- change Kurt your... Russell in anything. Yeah. Exactly. So I actually have a couple of fun, interesting facts about the movie that uh, while I was doing the research that I thought you guys would really enjoy. So Windows, the character, originally his name was supposed to be Sanchez, but then they changed it to Sanders. But it wasn't until Thomas Waits, the guy who plays Windows, mm-hmm. uh, went into costume fitting that they put on a large pair of glasses and someone called them, hey, look at those windows. Yeah. And they changed the character's name for the movie. Interesting. Uh, which was, I thought was so much fun. Um, then we talked a little bit earlier about the all-male cast. And actually, funny enough, the voice of the chess computer that you see McCready lose to and he gets mad at mm-hmm. and pours the that scotch on. Deborah Hill? That is uh, uh, Adriana Barbeau, oh. who at the time was actually Carpenter's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in. She's the main one of the main characters in The Fog. Yes, absolutely. I was going to say, I think the... Oh, because there's multiple main characters in the fog. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is one of them. Yeah. So another fun one is, so they had a guy, his name was Ray Stella. He was a a camera operator at the time. So for the, one of our favorite scenes, the blood testing scene, for when they had to do shots of people's arms taking the blood, it was this one guy's arm. (laughs) He stepped in and he was quoted with, he's like, I can do this all day. Uh, So I thought that was kind of fun. Like this ran camera operator, instead of getting the actors to it, he's like, just take my blood, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So when you see the blood in the movie, there you go. It's just one dude's blood. You just know it's Ray Stella. Um, (laughs) The other thing too is that originally this movie was not beloved by audiences. It actually has a 57 on Metacritic. And one of the reasons Carpenter's come out and talked about this is E.T. ruined the thing. Mm-hmm. E.T., the extraterrestrial, came out two weeks before that. Oh, and yeah. And so families were like, oh, happy, fun, loving aliens. Exactly. And then they go see this dark, gory thing that people absolutely hated the thing when it first came out. Yeah. To the point that um, originally Roger Ebert gave it two and a half stars and he even talked about he's like this movie's boring the characters are uninteresting he's like don't get me wrong i like horror movies and john mm-hmm. carpenter's this that and another but like he's like it was too over the top for me he's like this is a movie teenagers are gonna go see just because they want to see go see a dog transform and um, mm. so this was actually very much hated critically um by both critics and from the audiences when it first came out Another fun one is the scene that we talked about earlier with Cooper losing his arms was actually played by a guy who was a a double amputee. Um, They found a man who lost both his arms, unfortunately, in an accident, and they had had attached 
um, fake arms, fake prosthetic arms filled with Jello and a couple other different so things. When could... So when they did it, that's a real chunk. Like if you would have put your hands in that, you would have been severely injured. Huh. So like this is actually a huge metal contraption. So they had him put his hands down, and then it went and it chomped down. So you see like the Jello, and so when it pulls the arms out, the guy's wearing like a prosthetic face mask to look more like cooper hmm. uh, but it's this double amputee that lost it in like a construction event and everything hmm. i thought that was super fun is yeah. that they they were able to like they actually found a guy who didn't have any arms george, george miller and john carpenter were like extremely talented in their um practical effects oh oh totally yeah. absolutely and del toro I love things like that because it's kind of like you have one shot to get this. Yeah. Like we don't, we only have so many prosthetic arms to just mow through. (laughs) And that, and actually that was a thing that it came out is originally when Universal, and I'll get into, uh, hear that in a second is that originally Universal in the casting what ifs is that Universal didn't want anything to do with John Carpenter. And then when it finally, they eventually, they're just like, fine, we'll do John Carpenter. Um, they kept coming back with, we need more money for prosthetics and we need more money for this <laughs> to the yeah. point that one of the fun things is that, so when they go to the Norwegian camp and it's all burnt down and it's all destroyed, it's actually the American camp that they use. So at the end of the movie, they, they blow up burned. the American camp. They just reuse it for the Norwegian camp because they had to cut corners because oh, wow. the, the universal was like, Hey, we are not going to give you any more money uh, for this so they actually had to use the destroyed American camp as the Norwegian camp that you see huh. earlier in the movie to be able to make in, ends meet um, speaking of uh, they uh, when they were looking for um, uh, people to direct this movie one of the uh, original people that they, they went with um, was John Landis who is actually more known oh, he Max directed, Landis is dead yeah, he directed... Who got in a lot of trouble for the Twilight Zone. Yeah, absolutely. He directed uh, National Lampoon's Animal House, Blues Brothers, American Werewolf in London, uh, Trading Places. So this was he was more of a comedy hmm. director. Hmm. And uh, this was after, originally, uh, they wanted to go with uh, Toby Hooper, who directed the original Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. That was their first pick. Because at this time, John Carpenter, when they started looking for a person to direct this in the early 70s, they started around like 1972. This movie came out 10 years later. Um, John Carpenter didn't really have a big thing to his name. He was more of a... uh, Mm -hmm. He was more of an independent filmmaker. And they're just Mm -hmm. like... Because originally the person, the producer was attached to this is like, I got to get my guy. We got to get John Carpenter. And the Universal was like, no, we don't have time for this guy. And when um, uh, Toby Hooper declined, who directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's when they tried to go with this. It would almost would have been a completely different movie being mm. directed by a guy who was more from a, a comedic background than necessarily a horror background until they eventually fell into John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. So speaking of what ifs i actually found some casting what ifs oh i have a, a oh go ahead a you little, got some more interesting facts uh, in the scene where the doctor is trying to destroy the equipment yes Wilford Brimley, yeah yeah yeah, yeah Wilford Brimley. child's uh his i think it's his left hand is a black glove because uh the actor keep broke David. his hand yeah keep David. and he had a cast on and so they covered the cast like it was a his skin color. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a brownish black glove. That's funny. I think I remember, it's either Andrew or AJ, you were talking about how Kurt Russell 
brought his own. Oh yeah, I was saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was it was his his know. like ten gallon hat or something, and like it was his own. No, not ten gallon. Like, what are those called? Like, like the Australian hat, hat yeah. kind of thing. So, so they actually had to delay, speaking of interesting, they actually delayed the beginning of filming of this so Kurt Russell could grow out his hair. Like get his <laughs> nice. hair and beard nice. and everything ready for this movie. They, they had Perfect. to wait for a little bit. Speaking of crazy what ifs, so as I was looking through of what would have been, um, so originally for R.J. McCready's, uh, who was played by Kurt Russell, they originally wanted the th- one of the three people that they tried to go after but unfortunately couldn't do it was Jeff Bridges. <laughs> that could, yeah. that would have been a good. That would have yeah. been really of the ones that they named. That yeah. would have been great. Nick Nolte yeah. was actually one of their one of their pinks, and Christopher Walken. <laughs> wow! I, yeah, actually, I think I knew that. I think there's thing footage out there <laughs> that of him been, saying lines from that would have been movie. just too weird. Mm. I'm trying to think. May, maybe not. That would have been. That would have been else. so. Yeah, but, yeah Christopher. Yeah. So as this lead protagonist, like it would have been insane to see yeah. Christopher Walken. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty fun. Uh, so we talked about Doctor Cooper, the guy who loses his arm, who's played by Richard Dysart. Originally, if if like the Universal, like their big one that they wanted to get was Brian Dennehy, who actually oh, plays yeah. the sheriff from First Blood. He was okay. their top pick. They're like, we want you to come play this. Uh, character and unfortunately he turned it down. They end up going Richard Dysart. The other guy who is up for the running, William Daniels. And if you're sitting here like, who's William Daniels? He's the guy who plays the principal in Boy Meets World. Oh, he's Mr. Feeney. He's Mr. Feeney. So Mr. Feeney like, was William Daniels. Fin- I've Mr. seen Feeney that name so many times. Arms, like, but, uh, <sighs> that, that would have been tragic. That would have been that would have been so funny. I wouldn't be able to see. I wouldn't be. So speaking that. speaking of the other one we talked about, Wilford Brimley, Blair's character is that. Originally, they wanted to go, John Carpenter wanted to go with Donald Pleasance, who plays the psychiatrist, Dr. Samuel Loomis, in Halloween. But the problem was, is Halloween came out shortly before the thing, a couple of years before, which actually is what helped John Carpenter mm-hmm. get the ability to direct the thing, is how popular the Halloween was. I like Riff, Wil- Wilford more. I, yeah. I totally he's, agree. He's a softer. That guy was, I enjoy him, but he's has a hardness to him so the reason why they actually didn't move forward with him is because they thought he was too recognizable like specifically john carpenter's like i want blair to be an everyday man that people don't even think about Hmm. um which again goes to the character which i thought was super interesting um so Knowles, he was in an so the the doctor in halloween was in an episode of not the twilight zone but the show afterwards that rod uh, spearheaded okay and he had hair so it's just oh. a, just a fun thing because he's always been so bald yeah he's always bald it's crazy to see him <laughs> so Nalls the cook who mm-hmm. we talked a little bit of the rollerblading headband mm-hmm. wearing um played by tk carter so originally they wanted to go with a, a comedian his name was franklin ajayi um which may not mean anything to you guys originally he was known as the jamaican comedian i want to okay. say his name was the cool thing about him is that when they wanted to pursue him because they wanted to be a comedic character, he came in, he actually read for the part, but instead of reading for the part, he actually gave a long speech on how the character was one big giant stereotype. And then he walked out on him. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So he's like walked in he's like, this is the reason why I won't play this character because you're just playing up to African-American stereotypes. I'm out of here. Maybe that's and why they, I don't like. Nons. Yeah. And then they actually went back. That's what I was saying. When you brought up that yeah. the, T- the TK uh, Carter was, um, the other interesting one of the characters, uh, Palmer, who is actually during the blood test, who turns out to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want him to be a little bit more satire comedic, but they end up going a little bit more serious route with the actual actor David Clennon. 
Um, the two leading roles that they wanted to get that for him were Jay Leno and Gary Shanley. What? <laughs> yeah, we almost oh, had back a world. When it was yeah, comedic, when it, they yeah. wanted it to be more of a sarcastic, yeah. uh, a comedic <laughs> value, they're just. Can you imagine the thing with Jay Leno uh, <laughs> just wow. sitting around in it? Um, the other real fun one is Clark, who's the dog handler, played by Richard Masur. Um, he originally was supposed to play uh, Gary, who's played by Donald Moffat. But it was his love of dogs that made him be casted as the okay. animal handler. You, so could, you soon, could really tell. Yeah, so as soon yeah. as he came in, he originally read for Gary, and then he found out there was a dog handler position, even though it was a lesser character, yeah. I guess didn't get as much Screen shine. Time. He's like, I freaking love dogs. I want this part. <laughs> that's and that's actually how he was able to get that part. I always thought that, that, that when I read that, I was like, man, that's... that's and it, it tells, definitely. Like, you could tell he loves the, yeah. love those dogs. His heart's broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they're about to shoot the thing dog, he's still... No, the yeah. animal. No, don't yeah. do this. Like he does a really good job with that, and he he does a really good job of seem like a weird, off-putting, mm-hmm. like I I love dogs more than I love humans kind of guy. I thought mm-hmm. that was a ton of fun. Uh, my next question for you guys is that um, it's been thirty years since this movie came it's out. It's been yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's been bare naked ladies coming at you. Um, do you think this movie should be remade? Yes no. or no? No. 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 Why? Oh, well, they pro they proved it with the prequel. CGI is not great. Yeah, practical will always win unless like Del Toro comes in and does it and has all his practical effects. But even then, the Del Toro feel. Yeah, like it would lose the you lose the, the feel carpenter feel yep. and that carpenter feel. Like carpenter, one thing that I don't think a lot of people know is that he. Um, he does the soundtracks to his own movies. Yes. Hmm. And so... He actually has more soundtrack credit to his name and IMDb than anything yeah. else. And so just just having that Carpenter feel like as soon as any of his soundtracks go in, you're like, this is a Carpenter. Yeah. Like, uh, boom. Get, boom, getting boom. rid of that, it just, boom, boom. it wouldn't... So funny work. enough, 1983 Razzies, which is a known... Mm-hmm. Hey, here's an award yeah. for terrible. The music was nominated. Oh, really? Yeah, the soundtrack for, for the thing was nominated it's, in 1983. Because all of his soundtracks are pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, they try to go. After it's funny because like, but it's Halloween the has now. the same song throughout mm-hmm. the entire movie, but it's so iconic to Halloween. Yeah, um, that's that's a movie with that soundtrack that it's anytime Michael shows up, that song plays. Yeah. And it's I I always make the oh no wait, no that's, that's Jason that's, that's Jason it's like and it's just like I always make the joke of just like he's like shuffling like behind a lamppost or like behind a bush and you're like you're like oh there's Michael he's just like looking behind like a trash can I always thought a fun and they may have done that I he only kills like three people in that whole movie I always thought a fun movie would be if they did a um. Uh, what was the 80s mockumentary about the rock band? Um, Spinal Tap? Yeah, this is Spinal Tap. If they did that style, but around like people trying to become serial killers. So I think they have. Oh, well, uh, then my good idea has been taken. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they've done one where it's actually following yeah, a person who is that's, a serial killer. And it's like. That's pretty funny. I had a friend tell me about that movie. Hmm. Just Interesting. Recently. I need to touch was that. Was it Creep? I Creep 2? I can't. Maybe. So, so I saw those in the. That's. That's the premise kind of, of it. Yeah. yeah. I am going to ask you guys to take a trip with me down mm-hmm. what if lane. So let's say the movie is remade mm-hmm. um, and you guys were able to recast it. So mm-hmm. the three guys I'm going to throw out to you, who do you think 
would be a good R.J. McCready, played by Kurt Russell, who would be a good child's Keith David, and who would you think would be a good director? So mine, I'll throw them out to you originally for to play Kurt Russell's character. The first character that character that came to actor that came to mind for me that not only would look the part but I think could do a really good job was Bradley Cooper. I think he pulls the beard, long hair. I think he can play that. He's shown range to be able to be serious, and he can go to the depths of crazy. But then semi, he has the funny moments. Kurt Russell has his funny moments, like with the interaction in the chest. I thought that. Uh, Bradley Cooper would probably be able to do a pretty good job. You got anyone come to mind? John Krasinski. Oh, oh that's a really from, ooh, and that's he, a pro- good he proved it with Quiet Place. Like, yes, just totally. That, his whole demeanor in that, I think, I think it fits it really well. I think that's a really good answer. You got an idea, Ben? Uh, that that one was really good. I would probably go Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Grow really out his good. hair and has a beard. Yeah. What about you, Will? Uh, Jeff Bridges, Nick Nolte. Or- <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, let's go back. So I actually, so speaking of childs, and I'll give you mine, who I thought would be a good childs. So I was, as I was researching, I'm like, oh man, who want to play childs? You know who I thought would have been a good childs back then? Ving Rhymes. Oh yeah. Kind of that no nonsense, strong, powerful African American. Donald Glover would have <clears throat> been my. So who's your? Who do you think would be a good now? Yeah, uh, Mike Coulter, um, who played Luke Cage in the Luke Cage series. Oh, that would I be think, that's a that's great. kind of spot on. Yeah, yeah that's. A I great. think he would do an incredible job with that. Uh, so for me, the two that came to mind for me was Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. He has a lot of clout nowadays, it's and kinda... then also I think he could play like. I said a... Donald Glover. I meant Danny Glover. Yeah, Danny Glover, meant... not Donald. Glover. <laughs> Which funny enough, yeah. you may hear his name here in a second. Okay. The other name I brought up is Sterling K. Brown, who is the main uh, actor or one of the main actors in This Is Us. The um, one... Okay. Yeah. You mentioned last. Episode, yeah, I mentioned right? yeah, yeah. those who know Sterling K. Yeah. Brown. I think he would play an excellent child. Uh, what about you, Ben? Do you have any names that come to mind? That's you. Mike Coulter. Yeah, Mike Coulter. <laughs> you got it what right about, there. What about you, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy that plays Captain Holt on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, uh, Andre. Oh, uh, Andre Burrow. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah. He's, oh. he's actually got a surprising range, yeah. if you've ever that seen would be, movies. That would be yeah. a very interesting. Um, what about director? So for me, the first person that came to mind was Del Toro. If, it's, if it can't be yeah. John Carpenter yeah. again, and I had to get one, it was Del Toro. James uh, Wan. James Wan was another popular one that I thought of. For me, too, is Fide Alvarez. He did the new Evil Dead. He also did Don't Breathe. I thought he could be able to take it. I think he would stay to the practical effects, and he does a good job of building tension. Um, Obviously, the right answer is John Carpenter. I don't know. Other than Del Toro, do you think anyone else would be a fun director if you heard, hey, here's the thing, and this director was attached to it? If you made it a little, little bit more in the goofy department... Uh, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then finally, our final question, which our Andrew will love. But we're going to ask this whenever we go to these movies. So not every week we're not going to have a big movie to review. Obviously, coming up, we got Detective Pikachu. We have John Wick 3. We have Godzilla. We have a bunch of movies. And every once in a while, we'll dive into a deep dive into certain movies. And we'll always ask this one question. And I will deem it the Jesse <laughs> effect. Would this movie be better or worse with Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> worse. 100%. If he was in this movie, which character do you think he would play? What character do I think he should play? Or? Yeah, which, like, if you, like, they're remaking the thing with 
uh, one of the Michael dogs Coulter. who dies in the kennel. <laughs> the, <laughs> the one no, that gets puked gotta, on. That's the play, one that... He's got to play human character, oh, Andrew. Okay. Who do you think Jesse Eisenberg? The guy who gets his arms chopped off. He'd be Cooper? Yeah. What about you, Ben? Do you I think, think he, he actually would could make it better, and he could be a Windows. I actually totally agree. I thought he would be a really good Windows. That was the first thing that came to mind, but I think he should definitely play Nalls. No, <laughs> the rollerblading. So, so I actually, when I was thinking about recasting for this, one of the characters that came up, it was one of my favorite characters in is Windows. I actually really like mm-hmm. Windows, and unfortunately, he reminds me of the guy from that '70s show. Is it '70s? Hyde. Yeah, Hyde. Yeah. Okay, yeah, with the way he looks. So mm-hmm. the two characters that came to mind who I thought would play really good Windows is Sam Rockwell. Yep, I thought he'd be great, and then Donald Glover. Okay, I think yeah. Donald Glover as Windows would be a fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. recasting that they would be able I think he would play an awesome Windows that you would feel for that when Windows unfortunately dies after the blood test gets his face bitten yeah he gets his face alive. like it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he would be an excellent excellent <laughs> the Jesse effect yeah the Jesse the Jesse effect well that ends it guys that that was yeah. the thing I hope you guys enjoyed it uh, we had a little fun so on the the weeks that we don't have a big movie review or anything to talk about we'll take deep dives into some fun nerdy stuff we'll make make sure to mention the movie early enough so you guys be able to come in um, if you guys have any fun what ifs or character castings or questions about the movie you can actually hit us up now we've started we're becoming a mm. a social yes. media mogul mm-hmm. um, you can follow us on Twitter we're at nerd weekly cast we're also on Instagram at the Nerd Weekly Podcast. And if you're one of them old folks that still sends them emails, you can actually email us at nerd.weekly.forever at gmail.com. Where uh, where can people find you, Andrew? Uh, I am LeBeardedCooper on Instagram. What about you, Ben? I am Nomaco2 on Twitter. And Will? WillieBSnazzy on Instagram. And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at underscore Anthony underscore Rod. And that has been reeled in. Thank you, guys. Yeah. See you later.